For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. I am Matt Williamson. You've probably already figured that out by now. But here's what's going on in my world. is nothing too crazy, but OTAs week two are now in the books. And got to like that. I mean, there's a lot. I keep saying this, but the attitude, the weather, the energy down on the south side has been really good for all six of these practices. And I think they're getting a lot done. Um, but I think that they're they're building stuff and they're finding out where they're at. And I really feel like it's mostly positive and what I've seen has been really positive. So I mean, two-parter as usual, we always break this thing in the, up in the middle. Unfortunately, I've seen very little of the defense. And without going into too much detail, where I'm parked and where I'm on the air, the defense is just on the second field and it's far away and all the team stuff's been on the second field. So I haven't got a chance to talk defense very much. So in the second half of today's podcast, I just want to give you some offensive impressions that I've gotten, you know, position by position. But before we do, I had the, uh, a nice sit down with Isaac Solomalu today. I mean, and every day they give us a player that didn't go as planned for a couple of days. But, you know, Isaac sat down with us today and just want to kind of give you a – you can find this interview, I'm sure, on Steelers.com somewhere. But it was – you could, and he has a reputation of not being a great talker with the media. That doesn't mean he's a bad guy, but by no means, it's just not his bag. He, he doesn't, he's not very wordy. He's not very verbal. You know, you could see that there were one, two, three word answers from him. But as the interview went along, I think he opened up more and was more comfortable. And there were some obvious things about him. I mean, his background is extremely interesting. I mean, coming from Hawaii, he was self-schooled. His mom is like a brilliant teacher and taught him. His dad's a football coach and they had like box drills in the backyard after school being homeschooled, you know, so really interesting blend of academics brains, perception on life in a 320-pound man that's a huge human being and a kick-your-butt football player, (laughs) you know? So, those things translate on the field, too. You watch him, he's very smart, understands angles, understands all the different concepts. Many have talked about that he, if it wasn't for Kelsey in Philadelphia, he would have been the, you know, the, the, the center or and or line calls, you know, he mentioned that when he got there, Kelsey and Lane Johnson were in place, but so were Jason Peters. Like all three of those guys are probably going to the Hall of Fame. Um, Brooks was a stud expensive guard at that point too. And he just kind of got there with open eyes and open ears and just learned from those dudes. And what's really interesting is now on this super young Steeler team, he's that guy in the offensive line room for Pittsburgh. You know, he's going to be the one whether he likes it or not, and I think he is embracing it. I, even I don't think he's quiet or anything with his teammates. I think he is with the media. That you know, with his experience coming from a Super Bowl team, 
uh, on that great line, all these youngsters, especially Broderick Jones, are going to be picking his brain and he's going to already speaking up and you'll see it at OTAs where he'll pull a guy aside and, hey, try this or you know, lace your hands here and all that type of thing. But I was very, very impressed with him as a human being. And again, it's just a 10, 15 minute conversation, but he's sitting there right with us, right off the practice field and pulling the tape off his hands as he's chatting with us. And I, I, I felt like he was enjoying it more and more. Um, is very comfortable and understands who he is. And I think this is a really strong addition for the team. I mean, and again, I'm not picking on Kevin Dotson, who's an NFL player. But he made a lot of mistakes at left guard. And Isaac's not going to make any mistakes, you know, mental or assignment mistakes. None of those are going to happen. That I can promise you. And boy, is he going to be good for Jones. You know, I don't care when Jones gets in the game, but when he does, he's going to be able to lean on a rock solid left guard right next to him. And I think that's hurt Dan Moore a little bit, you know, that the guy next to him has been inconsistent. And I'm not blaming Dotson for all the problems in the world. You know, he's been fine. But to go from Dotson to Solomalu is so much positive on the field, off the field, you know, all those things. So just wanted to, you know, share with with you that. I mean, that offensive line's in good shape now. And as mentioned, we're going to take this break and then I'm going to talk about some things positionally that have sort of stood out to me. And they're just going to be notes that come to the top of my mind as I sit here and look at this depth chart. So I'll be back in a minute. We start with the quarterbacks. They all throw the ball well. I, I mean, they're a tough eval at OTAs. You know, they're throwing to open receivers. You know, Kenny looks in charge. I mean, that was the thing whenever I pre- previewed OTAs with you guys is I wanted Kenny to look like, this is my team. I'm the starter. Well, he does. You know, good. You know, I'm not going to be like, man, his out routes are a little off or, you know, he's not leading receivers. And those things don't worry me. I mean, these, and frankly, I'm just making them up. That's not even a fact. Um, they all look like the ball comes out of their hand. Well, all three of them, you know, so it, it, it's a quality group. And even Tanner Morgan, you know, he's not a nobody. I mean, he looks, he looks fine out there. He moves around well, crisp little thrower. Um, so they all throw the football well, but again, it's routes on air. You know, you're throwing fades into the end zone with nobody there. It, there's no pass rush, you know, so it's not, I don't want to say it's not real football, but it's not challenging for them. You know, they should look good and they do. Now, it's not like the running backs are out there breaking tackles from Jeffrey Simmons and Aaron Donald, but I'm really impressed with Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. Warren is such a low center of gravity and really good feet laterally or explosive going downhill. His routes are impressive. They do drills like, you know, these gauntlet drills where they're, you know, you run through big, heavy padding and you have to break, you know, simulating breaking tackles while a guy takes a boxing glove and beats the heck out of the ball through there. But you do see explosion and you do see power in those things. And Warren absolutely demonstrates those things. He has some big playability. I think he'll be even better in his second year. 
And I think Harris looks a lot better than a year ago, too. I mean, again, these are sort of non-contact drills. I mean, you're running through a gauntlet, like I said. You're running through, you know, sleds and things like that. But he does it differently than anybody else there. I mean, there's just more force. And he looks, I don't want to say leaner, but lighter on his feet for sure. More agile, more explosive. Those are things that you haven't seen from Najee a ton this year. So I think both those guys are quite impressive, you know, better than expected for me. And I didn't have low expectations, but watching them in person and the running back drills are right in front of us. So I focused on them probably more than anybody. But you see those guys do their thing. It's like, whoa, that's that's nice work. I, I, I very much respect what they've done. And I found it a little odd going into this time of year that they hadn't had another prominent running back added to the team, you know, and they could go sign Benny Snell or somebody just like him whenever. And I, I think part of it's because they think those two dudes are really, really good. Now there is room for us to challenge McFarland and all those guys, but we'll see. Um, I want to focus on tight end too. So first the negative, and I don't mean this totally negative, but like I've told you, Washington is a wow physical specimen out there. Like, if I took someone down there that doesn't know anything about football, he might be the first person that, you know, that person looks at and says, who's that? You know, that, that's he's a little different than the rest. But just watching him here, he's a little bit more of a lumberer. And that's a mean word, mean, you know, rougher word than I probably mean. He's not as light on his feet or as great changing directions as maybe his combine numbers indicate. I mean, it takes him a little while to build up speed. And you certainly see it. I mean, he still moves better than Gentry, who's similar dimensions. You know, so it's not like, oh, I'm saying he's a bust or anything like that. It's not what I'm saying at all. But he's not real twitchy, great accelerator. All the stuff I said about Jalen Warren, you know. And boy, their body types would be any different, of course. And some of this is meant as a compliment to Hayward and Fryermuth, because when you watch them run the same route, time, you know, tight end runs X route, whatever, Fryermuth is smooth. And boy, he looks easily the best I've ever seen him. I mean, and I'm a big Fryermuth believer, but he looks really, really good. And Hayward looks very explosive, very twitchy. And again, he's a very different body type than Washington, but then Washington's not as good at it. And again, he's a rookie in his first OTA, but just the way he moves compared to Fryermuth and Hayward isn't as impressive. You know what I mean? Um, who else should we discuss here? Wide receivers are kind of tough, to be honest with you. Again, it's kind of the whole passing conversation we have with quarterbacks. Austin can fly, but he's tiny. Pickens, you see the body control, and he's working on a variety of routes. That's good. Gunner showing up here and there, you know. So I, I just don't have a lot of wide receiver conversation to add to this. Um, but the O-line. <laughs> Let's start at center. And... You guys might roll your eyes at me here, and I might be out of my mind, but I'm not quite ready to throw dirt on Kendrick Green yet. Williamson, come on. Have you not watched this guy? He's going to just be a center, and if he can be, if he can stick around as Mason Cole's backup as just a center, maybe he can re revive his career. And 
I'm not trying to get you guys excited. I, I just turned to a couple people today and be like, am I nuts to think that green might not be done yet? If he just concentrates on one spot, I mean, he is strong. I mean, his lower body is really thick and exactly what you want to see from an interior, you know, from a center. He runs really well and he has a lot of work to do still with his upper body and his hand placement and snapping and getting his hand back up but he could get there and sometimes you get a little too married from where i sit from your college evals but i loved green coming out of school you know like i did not see this coming i i mean i, I being a borderline roster player so I'm just saying it's not over yet. You know, that's about all I got for that. Who else? Um, mentioned Solomalu. He he knows what he's doing. I mean, he's a, a professional all day long. James Daniels as well. Neither one of those guys need this at that point, but they're going to be a really good set of guards. Um, the last two, of course, are Broderick Jones. He's learning, and he's very physically impressive. He has a lot of natural power to go along with length. When he really puts his hands on somebody, he stuns them, you know, and, and he can run and he's an athlete changing directions. He has a chance to be great. It's not going to happen overnight, but he has a chance to be great. Last one to talk about though is Dan Moore Jr. Is he's gotten better. Yeah, I'm just telling you, he's, this is the best I've seen him look. And he's not out there trying to block Miles Garrett on third and eight in Cleveland in a loud stadium. But his body is in very good shape. It's funny. I saw him in the cafeteria today and I thought he, he still has a boyish face. You know, like you forget that these guys are still pretty young. You know, like he's still growing up, but he's moving well out there. I, I think he's going to be in the league for a long time. You know, maybe it's a guard, but probably is a left tackle in a backup capacity and a swing capacity or his next team, he starts and is fine. You know, like, I think Dan Moore is not a bust. He's not the terrible player people think he is. But when you get a chance to get a special one in Broderick Jones, you do. You know, like, if Broderick Jones was not on this team, I wouldn't be like, man, this O-line's in trouble. Uh, not at all. I mean, you could help more. I mean, and again, he's getting better. He's allowed to get better. So that's my take after six practices. Again, unfortunately, it's very offensive heavy just because where my body has to be whenever we're, we're down there. Not seeing a lot of the defensive players, unfortunately, but that's what I got. Over and out. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.